Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. Our hope is you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of everything you hear. For more great resources like this, go to trptampa.com. All right. We're in this series called Common Unity, and you're like, this guy, I don't to tell me how to live my life. I don't want to be in his community. That's okay. Anyway, we've been talking about the reality of what binds us together. All right, I don't have a bunch of time to recap everything, but this is week four. You can watch everything on YouTube, okay? And so we've talked about how there's only one thing that binds the free people together. It's love. Love is the only thing that binds the free people together. Okay, control, manipulation, all that stuff. Have you noticed you hate it? You hate that? You run away from it? Yeah. He's like, "Mm mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, it's because you're a free person. Right? And the only thing that binds the free people together is love. And I know something about love. It's not an idea. It's not a feeling. It's a person. Love is a person. Truth is a person named Yeshua. Okay? Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Amen? And so God is love. Love is the only thing that binds the free people together. And so the only reason we are here is Jesus. He's the only reason we're all here, and we like it that way. Amen? We're not gathering around agreements. Okay? I've been saying it. I'm not in trouble yet, so I'll just keep saying it. And then when I get in trouble, I'll tell you and keep saying it. We are a post-denominational church. We don't believe in denominations. I know. I know. We're an apostolic family. That means if your family were on mission together, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Everyone who believes that Jesus is Lord is your family. Whether you like them or not, agree with their theology or not, they're part of your body. (laughs) Amen? We are one body, right? Yeah, charismatic. Some of us are a little crazy. Some of us are a little not, you know, so expressive. Amen? You know? But... It's not about us being the same. It's about us having the same person we gather around. And so we gather here to encounter Jesus together. We don't gather here because we agree on stuff. That's denominationalism. We agree that he is Lord. Boom, done. That's why we can hang out. Are you with me? Yeah, Jesus said find one or two with whom you agree and that will be enough. We're trying to get 200, 2,000 people at a church to agree on every tenet of the faith or whatever. I think it's silly. I'm over it. I'm over it. It's not a goal of mine. The goal of mine is to reveal Jesus and see Jesus. And if you want to see Jesus with me, let's keep hanging out. That's the goal. Amen? And guess what? We will disagree. Like, no, never. Never. Just wait till the end of the sermon. We will disagree. In fact, honor is the only thing that really breaks through disagreement. Honor is needed in atmosphere of disagreement. In fact, Say disagreement, I say it this way, disagreement is the atmosphere where honor is most useful. Otherwise, it's I love all the me I see in you. You're just like me. I love you. So great to see me, you. I love me, you. That's not okay. Come on. If we're honest, that's what that is. So it's when we disagree that we need to value each other. That's what honor means, a sign of value. Amen? Your value is not dictated by how well we agree. Your value is dictated by the price that was paid for you. And heaven went bankrupt. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. My God thinks you're to die for. This is the message of our house. This is the message we preach. Amen? Our common unity is the person named love. Are you with me? And today I want to just tie a bow on the whole series and talk about the unity of the Spirit. 
Okay? Ephesians 4 talks about the unity of the Spirit. We're going to go there in a minute, but I need to say something to you. It's kind of a recap from last week that the unity of the Spirit is the fruit of union with the Son. The only way we can be one with one another is if we understand we're one with Him. That's where it starts. The life of a believer does not end in union with Christ. It begins there. Those who said yes to Jesus today, you just became one with God, whether you feel different or not. That's the truth. I know. You're like, wait a minute. Wait, hold up. What about going to heaven? I like heaven. I'm going there. I've also been there a couple times already. <laughs> How much trouble do I want to get into right now? Elise is, Elise is pulling it out of me. That's right. Yeah. I don't even like saying, hear me, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Those who don't, get thee offended. I don't even like saying, I'm going to heaven. Because it's a confession that I'm not already there. But your Bible says we already have been seated with him in heavenly places. Your Bible says it. Take it up with your Bible. It's not just my Bible. Your Bible says it. So, yeah, what we see in part will be seen in full. What we know in part will be known in full, even as we're fully known. 1 Corinthians says, there's a greater measure coming, but guess how it comes? You. Oh, I don't. You're called to hasten the day of the Lord. Did you know that? That means you can slow it down. Hasten means speed it up. So if you don't speed it up, it's coming slower than it should. Oh, gosh, I'm in so much trouble. The unity of the Spirit has nothing to do with what we think about the end times or what we think about these times or whatever times, times, the half of times, what Daniel means or what Jesus meant and this and that and all these intricacies. Is love the reason we're one? That's it. That's the unity of the Spirit. Are you okay? I told you, wait till the end of the sermon. <laughs> I told you. You're like, I don't know. All right. Don't worry, it'll end soon. And you will be fine, believe me. Let's read Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. We're going to read a lot of the Bible today. We really like the Bible here. Um, it's the Word of God. I have a book full of God's opinions. Why would I give you mine? And if I do give you mine, I tell you beforehand. I say, this is Caleb's opinion. Have you heard me? Anybody heard me say that before? Yeah. I tell you, because everybody preaches their opinion, some lie about it. Okay? And so I'll tell you when I have an opinion, and I'll tell you when it's absolutely right there in the Word. Are you, co are you okay? All right. Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. This is Paul writing a letter. Say a letter. letter. It's only a portion of the letter, so you read the whole thing to understand this. Okay? You should do that. Ephesians isn't even that long. You could read it today. All right? This is just a portion of the letter. All right? And he's writing a letter to a church he planted in Ephesus. Okay? And he says, as a prisoner of the Lord, I, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank, given to you in your divine calling. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially towards those who may try your patience. <laughs> Just blink and repent at any time. It's fine. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony. Say harmony. Be faithful to God, the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one body and one spirit as you were all called to the same glorious hope of divine destiny. For the Lord God is, help me, one. And so are we. For we share in, help me, one faith, one baptism, and one Father. And he is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. And he has generously given each one of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. 
This is why he says he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captured ones with him, and gifts were given to men. He ascended means that he returned to heaven after he had first descended from the heights of heaven. Are you following this? Even descending as far as the lowest parts of the earth. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. Let me ruin your end-time theology. It's not a rescue mission. It's a restoration project. When he sat down at the right hand of the Father, he began the restoration of all things. And we're to carry it to completion. And when this place looks like his place, he's coming back. Okay. September, I'm doing a series on this. It's just so annoying because I want to preach it now. But I can't. The Lord told me to say this. I'm going to do this. Begrudgingly obey if you must. That's the lesson you should learn from my process right here. Even if, it's, even if you do it grumpy, it's better to obey. Okay? Remember the parable? Jesus said there were two sons. One, the guy said, the father says, go work in the field. He says, I will and doesn't. And then he says to the other, go work in the field. He says, I won't. And then he does it. I'm the second one. <laughs> I won't do okay. <laughs> it's be- he says, which one is better? The one who actually tilled the field. Amen? Even if you don't like it, obey. This is the secret sauce right here. Obey no matter what. <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah. Supernatural grace. Where was I on my iPad? He ascends into the heavenly heights, taking many captured ones with him. Gifts were given to men. Yeah, this is why he says that. And then he says he ascended, means he'd returned to heaven. I wasn't there. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. Got it. And he has appointed some, say some. Some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers, catch this, all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And they will do this, and as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until, say until. Okay, listen, it just said that these people, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, are meant to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Historically, it's been, you pay your tithes so we can do the work of the ministry. Wrong. Backwards. That's not the ecclesia God is building. God is over it. Okay? God is over that. There was a grace for that. It's gone. It done run out the room. Okay? God is over that. All right? You come, you eat, you leave. You're a spectator of me doing ministry, of someone doing the ministry. Uh Uh-uh. Those days of grace are gone. Love to break it to you. I had a prophetic word five years ago. I gave a word at our supernatural school. I said, those who don't equip the saints, who don't understand union, who don't preach the pure gospel, those churches are going to die within five years. I didn't know corona was going to take a bunch out. But it's almost five years to the date. It was at the four-and-a-half-year mark. I didn't want that to happen. It just came out of my mouth. The point is, we're not the ones supposed to do the work of the ministry. We're supposed to equip you to do it. That's what I'm doing today. I'm giving you a job. I'm hiring you. <laughs> okay. People are like, oh, if I go, if you don't stop preaching that way, preacher, I'm going to take my tithe elsewhere. You say that to me, I will refund your tithe for the last year. <laughs> I will. Say, amen, bro. I'm going to write you a check on your way out. It says to bless those who curse you. So here you go. You don't own me, man. 
I don't work for you. I work for him. And that's a benefit for you. I obey him, not you. <laughs> and you get the benefit. Hello? Are you okay? <laughs> I have to check every now and then. <laughs> that's what this is saying. These grace ministries will function until, say until. Some stuff has to happen before all those go away. So people say, are apostles prophets for today? You know, they say, oh, we need the three-fingered hand. We don't need apostles and prophets, just pastors, evangelists, and teachers. Have you ever tried to do anything with just three fingers? It's really awkward and clumsy. It don't work out. That's the picture of the church right now. It's like, ah, oh, let's, let's find the lost and help them. It's weird. Okay. We need all these until. Say until. Here's the list. Until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God, and finally we become into one perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. We there yet? <laughs> Are you completely mature? No. Do you have room to grow? Do I have room to go? Yes. The answer is yes. Don't be nice. I got to grow. You got to grow. We all got to grow. Okay? And so we still need apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. The whole five, we call it the five-fold ministry. Because sometimes we got to, you know, just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> it's a bad church joke. So I have good ones. That was a bad one. Okay. So until fully developed into the abundance of Christ. What is that? I don't even know what that looks like. Fully developed into the abundance of Christ. That's what's supposed to become, that's what's supposed to happen on the earth. And then we don't need those anymore. And then our immaturity will end. Say hallelujah. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, your immaturity is going to end one day. <laughs> Amen. One day. One day. <laughs> Today is the day. Amen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Our immaturity will end, and we will not be easily shaken by trouble nor led astray by conspiracy theories and bad end-time teachings that include Jesus killing a third of the earth. I'm sorry that's not in there. <laughs> I had a revelatory moment. Nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead... We will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. Hallelujah is right. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed one who is the head of his body, the church. For his body, say body, has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts. Say every member has divine gifts. To contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, say the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Listen, the unity of the Spirit requires the diversity of the saints. We need each gift, each calling, each style, each way. We need the diversity of the saints. Okay, in the, in the ESV, Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, it says, uh, we must be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Okay? Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Are you eager for the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace? That's my question today. Is that something that's on your heart? It's on mine. 
I want you to receive an impartation of eagerness today. You want, it's to maintain the unity of the spirit. What does that mean? You don't create it. You maintain it. Listen, the life of the believer starts as one with Christ. You start as one, and now we maintain that oneness. We're not working our way into salvation. We're working out our salvation, right? We are made one with him through his cross. You're already one with God sitting in your chair, okay? And we're one with him, and we're supposed to be one with one another. And as we see him, we'll be able to get along with one another, even if we agree or not. Are you with me? This word, maintain the unity of the spirit, is um, the Greek word that means one, but it also means harmony, as in harmonizing as one, okay? You heard Gigi and Ben singing, and they were harmonizing together. That means they were singing different notes, okay? Different notes, musical, music class, real quick, okay? She was singing the melody, and he was singing a third below her note, okay? It's a third in the scale, you know, solfege. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. All right, they're a third away from each other. They've got space. They're different notes. They have different parts to play. Are you with me? But as they sing them well and together, it sounds great. That's the unity of the spirit. We've been trying to have the unison of the spirit where we sing the same note. And any vocalist worth their salt will tell you that is way more difficult than harmony. It's really difficult. You want to know why? Because it's hard to match someone's pitch. All right, it's a musical term called pitch. And ask any waiter or waitress on a Sunday afternoon if the church is pitchy or not. <laughs> we can go home. I think you got the point. <laughs> Selah. We got a bunch of pitchy Christians because we're trying to sound the same, trying to look the same. You come in here, I give you what I think about the Bible, you take it with you, and I convince you I'm right every week so that you think like me, sound like me, talk like me. No, 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 no. You have your own brain for a reason. You should not take my word for anything. You should take his word for it. Do your own research. I should equip you to do that, not to think like me. I'm not here to convince you of anything. I'm not here for that. I'm here to equip you to be convinced. There's a difference. This word means harmony from sharing likeness of the nature of the Lord. Because we are like him, we like one another. Okay? Listen, I like that there is no one else in this room with long hair and an Amish-looking beard. All right? Like, I'm the, Am I'm the only Amish-looking Jesus in this room. Okay? Like, you know? Anyway. So I like that we look different. I like that we're different ages. I like that we're different ethnicities. I like that. And we didn't try to have a multi-ethnic, diverse church. We just host Jesus. And guess what? When you lift him up, he draws all men unto himself. It's when it's about him. It's not about you. He's all about you. But this isn't about you. And we can come together around him. Amen? Why? This is, this is underlined by uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 through 20, okay? You've heard this before if you've been in church because it's a very popular passage. But I need you to hear it through a new, new ears today, okay? It says, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, free and all were made to drink of one spirit. Amen? For the body does not consist of one member, but many. Say many. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. 
If the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, that'd be really weird, just saying, like a floating eye, I don't know. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Hello? Made in God's image. Do you remember? It says he made his body in his image, right? Come on. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Say many parts, yet one body. The unity of the spirit, the oneness of the spirit requires the diversity of the saints. Are you with me? I have more to say about that, but I don't have time, so I'm going to move on. The unity of the Spirit requires the diversity of the saints. That's true. Let me give you point number two, all right? Point one, done. Here's point number two. The unity of the Spirit requires the diversity of leadership. Not just you being diverse, but leadership being diverse and being allowed to be diverse. Look at the verse, uh, chapter 4 of Ephesians, verse 11 through 13. In the New Living Translation, it says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. All right, there's the gifts of the Spirit, and then there's the gifts of Christ. The, the gifts of the Spirit are for every believer, okay? Like you can walk in all the gifts. They're not medals, right? Like gift of healing, things like that. You don't earn them. They're gifts. You can't earn a gift, right? Like, oh, I prayed, so now I can pray for the sick. I, I fasted, so now I can heal somebody. That's not how it works, okay? That's like, you know. Making God work for you. That's not you co-laboring with him. All right? It's a gift for a reason. Amen? The Holy Spirit gives gifts. Did you know that Jesus gave gifts? Christ gave gifts? And they're not, they're not just gifts. They're people. The gifts of Christ are people. All right? This is very self-serving, but I'm just going to say it. No matter what you think about me, I'm your gift. <laughs> Scott Smiley is your gift. Tracy Irwin's your gift. Jimmy Borrego's your gift. Sandy Holman's your gift. All of our leaders are gifts to you from Jesus. Okay? That's what it says. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Amen? This will continue until we all come to such a unity in our faith and knowledge of the Son of God that we will be maturing the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So I want to note a couple things here. There's a complete lack of gender assignment to these. Amen. Come on, sister friend. Amen. Complete, complete lack of gender assignment. I know you might think that teachers or women can't teach in church. Okay, but can they prophesy? Can they be apostles? Find me the verse that says, Thou shalt not be any among you female apostles. It's not in there. Uh, Nympha had a church in her house. Romans 6, 16. House church led by a lady. Hello? I don't have time for this. <laughs> if you're upset or if you're happy... Go to a Facebook page called Kingdom Equalist, all right? I'm starting a movement called Kingdom Equalist. I came up with the term, I think. If anyone wants to tell me about predating me, that's fine. But I'm a Kingdom Equalist, all right? And we want to restore the proper roles in the church because being a leader in the church has nothing to do with gender. It has everything to do with faithfulness, okay? I know Paul said to Timothy, do not let a woman teach in 1 Timothy. I know that. I know that. We can talk about it later. 
Okay, and you can go to that page and listen to my opinion. Please watch that video first before you write me all your blood about this. I will answer all your questions before you send them to me, I promise. I don't have time for it today. So what I'm pointing out is, ladies, men, whatever, if you're called to be an apostle, a prophet, that's the, that's, take that up with God, all right? If there aren't female apostles, what do you call Heidi Baker? Planted thousands of churches, seen hundreds of people raised from the dead, okay, thousands of churches, Feeds hundreds of thousands of orphans in Mozambique every day. What do you call that? Oh, secretary. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. We have a word for that. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> These five are the equippers of the saints. So I need to make an important distinction here, okay? Not everyone is an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist. Not everyone has an office. Say an office. But all are called to function with that grace, okay? I want to make this clear because there's a lot of confusion, all right? It's people like, I are an apostle. Okay, who are you equipping? That's my first question, all right? The apostle equips the church for thinking apostolically. Are you with me? Did it not say that? These are the equippers. Now, if every saint is a fivefold minister, then who are the fivefold ministers equipping? Right? It says he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be, you know, some, some. It, the Levitical tribe is the prophetic picture of the uh, fivefold ministry, okay? That's the people who labor in church. Only some are supposed to work at church. We're supposed to get you to your destiny, and you're supposed to go into all the ends of the earth. Amen? So I'm going to have Gigi come up, and we're going to close here, but I'm just going to give you a couple things here about this, because we need a diversity of leadership if we're going to have unity in the church. Are you with me? Yeah? And so th this is what I'm saying. Apostle means sent one. Everyone is called to be sent. Amen? Everyone is a sent one. When you say yes to Jesus, you're sent. Amen? The Lord's prayer is thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? That is an apostolic prayer. Everyone is supposed to think apostolically and be equipped for that, but not everyone is an apostle. Are you with me? Are you guys following me? I don't have a lot of time, so I need, I need, no, I'm not getting, yes, I do, okay. Yeah, an apostle equips the church to be apostolic, to think about the kingdom of God more than the kingdoms of this earth, and how to strategically change it, how to transform the earth into the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. That's an, that's an apostle. Are you with me? Yeah, and we can get into more of this later, but everyone is meant to be sent, but not everyone is meant to send people. Are you with me? All right? Everyone is supposed to hear the voice of God, but not everyone is a prophet. Right? So a prophet isn't the one who prophesies all the time. Okay? A true prophet will be the last one to prophesy because they're equipping you to prophesy all the time. They get around you, and you get more prophetic. Their grace gets on there. They equip you for the ministry of pro the prophetic. Everyone's supposed to hear the voice of God. Amen? We need prophets to help us hear the voice of God. That's Tracy Irwin. We just did a conference about that very thing. She did an incredible job, and we're so proud of you. It was so amazing. So amazing. I, I ran the computer. She ran the conference. It was incredible. It was awesome. And it was activating us to hear the voice of God and move in the prophetic, right? Everyone is called to evangelize. Amen? You're called to share the good news. Not everyone is called to be an evangelist. Okay, an evangelist operating in their office, their true call, is not going to come and have a bunch of altar calls. They're going to come equip you to lead people to Jesus. They are the equippers of the saints for the work of evangelism. Are you getting this? We, are you seeing how it's been so backwards? Yeah. We're, this is important. 
Everyone is called to care for one another, right? That's the office of the pastor, the shepherd. They care for the sheep, all right? Everyone's called to care for one another, but not everyone's called to equip people to care, right? The pastor equips you with tools to care for one another, you know, counseling you so that you can be a better, you know, husband or wife or, or son or daughter, right? It's equipping you to care for one another. That's what a true pastor does. Amen? And then teachers, everyone is called to be a def have a defense for the hope they have, right? Everyone is called to understand and give a defense for the hope that they have, right? You're supposed to be able to say why you love Jesus, right? You're supposed to be able to explain that to someone. Amen? Are you with me? Yes. But are you, just because you're supposed to teach people doesn't mean you're called to be a teacher. A teacher equips you to give you tools to defend the gospel. Right? I just, I mean, like Ravi Zacharias, that guy, he passed on to be with the Lord. That guy's a teacher. He gave you amazing apologetics, amazing defense for the hope that you have. Man, that guy's amazing. I say all this because the unity of the Spirit requires the diversity of the saints, and the unity of the Spirit requires the diversity of leadership. If you, can, if you come in here and expect me to be pastoral, you'll be sorely disappointed. I'm called to pastor this church, but that's because heaven likes to laugh, okay? <laughs> in my weakness, he's proven strong. I'll tell you where my strength is. I'm an apostolic teacher. I'm going to teach you till you get on mission. That's my gift set. Are you with me? We have pastors. Jimmy Borrego, incredible pastor. He, even if he tries to teach, it's hilarious. Even when he tries to teach, he's been trying to be like me for a couple years now. And I say, stop it. He tries to teach, and he just comes up here and abandons all his notes he prepared and just gives you a hug with his words. Like, that's what he does. And we need pastors to come speak, you know, basically to clean up my mess and kiss you on the face after I pop you in the nose, you know, every now and then. We need pastors to come balance it out. Amen. But platform ministry is where a pastor should be least often seen. It should be at your kitchen table. It should be at coffee shops. It should be in, you know, community. Shepherds smell like sheep. All right. That means you got to get in there where the sheep are. Are you with me? Tracy is our prophetic company leader. She leads us and equips people in hearing the voice of God for themselves and others. That's what she lives to do, to equip you to do that. Scott Smiley is this crazy hybrid. He's a teacher, an apostolic teacher. He can switch between the two. I don't know how he does it. It's like he flips the switch in his brain, and he'll be full-blown apostle, full-blown teacher. It's wild, you know? And I'm an apostolic teacher. So praise God. It's Sandy Holman, who's on sabbatical right now. Uh, out of obedience to the Lord, she's just taking a rest. She is an evangelist. I get around her, I think about the lost. <laughs> okay, like, I'll just tell you, I don't think about the lost that often until I get around my friend Sandy. I'm never coming back to this church. He doesn't think about the lost. Yeah, I do, because I have someone who equips me for that. But that's not my office. Are you with me? This is how it works. We need, I need you in your heart, especially where we're going, man especially with the acceleration that's on this house and with the things that we're called to do, I need you to understand there's going to be a plurality, a, di a diversity of leadership, okay? When Scott comes up and talks, it's going to be Scott. When, when Tracy comes up and does that, it's going to be Tracy. When Jimmy, when Sandy, when whatever, you get around these leaders, they're allowed to be themselves, okay? They're nothing like me, and we like it that way. Jesus is the only reason we're all here. 
Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. Our hope is you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of everything you hear. For more great resources like this, go to trptampa.com.